0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And really, don't chestnuts sound like hardened dust bunnies you find under a chest of drawers? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast, and I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the Tuesday before Christmas of the year 2020. On this week's show, a uh, review of Wessex Gold Brick Virginia Plug Tobacco. Uh, Yeah, I actually had to scrape it out and play with it, so... (laughs) you get to hear what I thought of that. Uh my guest is um a, a recent pipe smoker and but one of the the original Christian podcaster Steve Webb. Uh we're going to talk about Christmas and pipes and pipe smoking so you get to hear that and uh I get to learn a lot about uh about Christmas in that. Uh Double music again because of the great response from all of you. Uh, Mailbag, no rant this week. uh, Just a holiday message at the end. And all that coming up for you on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Remember Christmas Eve tradition. If you go to santatracker.com or norad.com, Norad starts tracking Santa as he makes his rounds All the way around the world, uh, starting usually right after uh, 7, 8 p.m. local time. So you can follow him as he goes from, uh, you know, starts off in the far east and moves his way west as the day goes older and older. Uh, And it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, even though I don't have small kids, it's still fun to poke in and see what Santa's doing on the Santa tracker. So that's on uh, Christmas Eve. So check that out. Um, if you get a chance, iTunes rating and review would be absolutely wonderful or Apple podcast, whatever that, whatever it is, we would much appreciate that. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go.
1: There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corn corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at
0: corncobpipe.com. Everybody wants the best smoke, but you have to use the best tobacco. It just makes sense. Pipe smokers who know great tobacco choose Seattle Pipe Club blends. They're America's favorite luxury tobaccos. Plum Pudding, Mississippi River, Deception Pass, Wild Man, and all of Master Blender, Joe Lankford's blends are legendary. Seattle Pipe Club is handcrafted with the finest tobaccos and old world methods that take a little bit longer to make. The perfect reward for pipe smokers like us. Treat yourself to Seattle Pipe Club Luxury Blends. And we are back all right so i inherited this uh th- this unopened 100 gram package of wessex gold brick virginia plug it is a solid uh it's a solid plug in a in a rectangle comes in a little cellophane bag does not come in a tin or any other kind of pack. Uh, any kind of packaging just comes in a cellophane bag so that tells me right away that It's really not meant for aging for much more than a couple of years in this cellophane because it's relatively thin cellophane, all right? So I'm just going to say it right there. It's relatively thin. If you're thinking about aging this, I wouldn't let it sit in this cellophane for much more than two years. I'd get it out, put it into a glass jar or something like that, all right? Um, And I was kind of intrigued by it because I've heard some really good opinions of it from other people, Uh, but the the description from tobacco reviews says it's just a straight Virginia with uh, no flavoring. Um, it's, it says it's made in it, it. It's made in Germany now. Uh, I think it's bounced around a little bit. Uh, most folks called it in the medium and yeah, you know, said that it was just a, yeah you know, it, it was just an average, uh, an average smoke. Um, not average rating, though. It's getting some fairly high reviews. Upon opening the cellophane package, which I was the first one to open it, uh, what I noticed was that smell of multiple Virginias, not just a uh, not just a bright Virginia, not just a yellow, and I'm taking it back out again to uh, get another whiff of it. But from looking at it, I would say that there are or possibly are some stoved or darkened virginias in there so that gives it a little balance uh the smell is just that of a traditional virginia no um none of the bright virginias none of the hay or grassy smell to it so now here's my problem with it and this is my problem and mine personally and i have to get over it I don't like spending the time rubbing out flakes. Well, how do you think I felt about a brick where I had to cut off the piece and then rub it and then cut it up a little further? Because I I tried just cutting off the pieces and rubbing it out and uh, it didn't rub out fine enough for me. Uh, It stayed pretty clumpy and made it hard to smoke. So I did it again and I cut off, I cut out. Yeah, cut off some more pieces and then rubbed them out and then cut them again with a knife on a cutting board. Uh, and that got what I would consider to be the, uh, the best version of the smoke of this. Uh, it is just, in my opinion, this is for somebody who does not like the uh, the orange or hay grassy smell of an Orlet Golden Sliced. Somebody who wants maybe a little bit more of a, uh, a, you know, some good flavors, but muted flavors. Uh, I would suggest it works best in what I would consider one of my Virginia pipes, so smaller bowl. I think it would be better for me personally if I waited until the summertime to smoke it when I smoke mostly my straight Virginias. But because there is some of the darker tobaccos in there, I felt like, you know what, this could be good. Um, One thing I feel like I noticed was the outside of the block was starting to dry down a little bit. uh, But the inside was really wet. So I tried setting out the tobacco and letting it it air out for a half hour or so to, to let it even out and then move it around a little bit to play with it. And that did help. It helped even out the moisture content of it. Uh, going to tobaccoreviews.com. There's a handful of reviews on here. The one that I'm going to read you is from is a uh, four-star review from Peter D. And this goes back about 12 years ago. Uh, and Peter writes, As a matured Virginia plug smoker for 45 years, I was a bit hesitant hesitant to try this plug. However, I've been more than surprised by this rather plain, somewhat un- unassuming Virginia plug. The description is semi-accurate, rich. I don't taste uh, but old fa- <laughs> Rich, I don't taste, but old-fashioned is dead on. Uh, there was a plug tobacco I smoked back in the early '60s from Europe that was very similar to this and was brought to me by a family friend who was there monthly for many years. I can't recall the name though, wish I could. While this plug is not in the matured Virginia category, it does have a taste and aroma that bespeaks of simpler times and carefree puffing. Initially, I found the plug straightforward, but with more time in smoking this, it has its own set of complex overtones that are very appealing, yet still straightforward. Uh, It's very earthy, I taste the subtleties, but don't have to get involved in considering complexities. Puff and enjoy at work and play. I especially enjoy this in the evening in a group five straight billiard with a single malt on the smoky peat side. So, there is the exact opposite of what I found in it. Um, but again, I think it would be really interesting if I waited until the summertime to smoke it when I'm more open to straight Virginias. Uh, if you have any thoughts, ideas, comments, email me, Brian at dot I'm going to take the, uh, remainder of this, uh, three and a half ounce piece that I have, and I'm going to put it in a Mason jar and let it sit. I'm going to leave the cell- leave the cellophane wrapped around it and just let it sit in the jar and see what it's like over the summertime. And in just a moment, my conversation with Steve Webb, this is internet radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament
1: to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one (laughs) Savinelli.
0: We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for Christmas week pre-Christmas is a uh, relatively new pipe smoker so we're we're going to find out about what brought him to the pipe but um, uh Steve I don't know how exactly to to refer to you but um, you've been doing uh you you found a you found a calling and it's uh, faith-based and you were in podcasting before there were pods uh, really almost yeah so steve webb welcome to the pipes magazine radio show
2: thank you brian it's a it's an honor to be here it truly is all
0: right so let's get to know you a little bit where did you uh, where did you grow up from and uh, and and how did you get to be where you are now
2: Well, don't hold this against me, but I'm a native California. I was (laughs) born here a a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But uh, yeah, I grew up here in in Southern California, Um, spent a couple of years traveling around the United States from the ages of six to eight. My dad was a bricklayer, and so he could work pretty much anywhere. And we just, the day I got out of, I think it was uh, kindergarten, no, first grade, we Took off around the United States, and so I got to see most of the country by the time I was eight years old. But all the rest of the time, I've been here in California.
0: So you are a rare native Californian, and then one that uh, one that found a calling. And when when did you when did you receive your calling? I guess is that how they say it. Well, I guess you could call it that.
2: Um, I've been a a, a Christian since I was uh, about 16 years old. And like uh, many of us, my, my walk with Christ has been up and down. But um, I got involved in uh, my wife's church when, when we got married, and I got into working in the tech department of the church. I used to do all the, the arts for the sermons and um, work the soundboard and things like that and we, we have had a a pretty good life. Uh, We are just perfectly suited for each other. And, um, my uh, day job at the time was doing windshield repair. We've been in business doing that for 33 years now. And, uh, one thing about windshield repair is it doesn't require a lot of brain power. And Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for so long that I don't have to really think about what I'm doing as I'm doing the work. And I was, um, at a car lot one day working on windshields. And at the same time, I was just having a time of prayer and uh, fellowship with the Lord. And I was saying, God, you have been so good to me. Is there anything more I can do for you? Like I said, I was already doing a lot of stuff at the church and the tech department. And, um, I said, Lord, again, you have been so good to me. What can I do for you? What more can I do? And it was almost an an audible voice. I'm not going to say that like the skies opened and I heard, you know, God's voice. But um, a real strong impression on my heart, God said to me, proclaim my name. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And he said, proclaim my name. So I thought that he might be thinking about me doing something more with the digital art um, to do something in that vein. So I, when I got home that night, I started working on my computer trying to create things, and nothing really uh, gelled. And then I think it was that very weekend, I was listening to a radio show, uh, a technology radio show. A guy by the name of uh, Leo Laporte had a show at the time. I don't know if he mm-hmm. still has it or not, but he was interviewing this guy who had – this, this thing that he had invented called podcasting. <laughs> and, uh, I had been in radio many, many years previously I used to sell radio advertising and stuff like that. So it kind of tweaked my interest a little bit because it sounded kind of like radio and this, this guy that invented podcasting, his name was Adam Curry. And he was, uh, used to be a, a VJ on MTV back in the day. Yeah, And so, uh, I just kind of filed that in the back of my mind as something that was interesting and at this time i was uh, i had two young sons and they were both in cub scouts and we went on a cub scout um camping trip uh, a couple of weeks later in joshua tree national forest it well, it's, a, it's a desert really but while we were there uh, the kids and i were sleeping in a tent one night and about 2 30 in the morning i woke up and this is when i was younger and i These days, I wake up in the middle of the night regularly, but back then, I was, you know, (laughs) lay my head on the pillow, and I'm out until the next morning. But this particular morning, I woke up at 2.30, and God began to fill my mind with ideas for this podcast thing. At the time, there were no Christian podcasts in existence. The only thing there were, there was uh, one or two churches that were putting up their, their sermons for podcasts, but... There was nothing that was created specifically for that medium. And God told me in this dream that I had what he wanted me to do in podcasting. Wow. And I thought, well, this is really something. And I, I was up the rest of the night thinking about this this brand new thing called podcasting. At the time there were maybe 200 podcasters in the entire world. Now there's over a million and a half
0: yeah, yeah. It, It's almost as if, if you if you don't have a podcast you're you're the unique person.
2: You're the odd man out almost. yeah, yeah. exactly. So I went home that weekend after the, the camping trip and I told my wife what had happened and she said, well if God wants you to do this, you got to do it. Well, I didn't have any recording stuff at home. But as I said, I worked at the tech department uh, at my church. And so I asked my pastor if I could use their equipment to do this. And he said, well, if God told you to do it, I can't tell you no. Mm-hmm. And so the very first Christian podcast was uploaded on November 13, 2004. And um, I've been at it pretty much ever since. I've got over 2,200 episodes that I've uh, published on my Website, and uh, I'm still doing it every day.
0: Yeah. Uh, 2200. Um, yep. Yeah. So at that point, you've gotten down to uh, talking about the use of each word within each Bible passage. <laughs>
2: Almost. <laughs> I Right now what I'm doing is a daily Bible reading podcast. A lot of people say, I, you know, I really need to read the Bible all the way through, but most people never make it through. And so with my podcast, they're able to actually read through the entire Bible in a year. And I've been doing this. This is probably my fourth or fifth time through doing this. Wow. All
0: right, so let, let's fast forward a little bit here. How does uh, pipe smoking come into your life?
2: Well, my grandfather... Used tobacco of, of in every form, I think. He started chewing tobacco when he was like eight years old. He was uh, from Arkansas. And so that was his uh, tobacco use of of choice. Every day he'd, you know, have a chaw of tobacco in his mouth, but he also, by his uh, easy chair in the in the living room, had a, a one of these round pipe racks that has the the little uh, humid tobacco humidor in the middle, and I remember that. And he would bring that pipe out once in a while, and uh, I always liked that. And uh, about a year ago, my wife and I were walking around in San Juan Capistrano, and we walked into this little antique little antique store. And I saw this really nice little, I didn't know what to call it then, but it was a little Meerschaum billiard. And I thought, you know, I'm going to buy that thing. I think that looks like it would be fun. (laughs) And my wife said, well, okay, if you want to. And that was my, my first foray into, into pipes. And it turned out that when I got it home, it needed some repair. So this little $35 Meerschaum, cost me another $50 to get it repaired and refurbished and everything. And then, uh, you know, one thing led to another and I don't have a big collection of pipes. I've, I just have a, a seven pipe rotation now. Um, but I've got about, I don't know, 15, 16 different tobaccos at this point. And, uh, I'm able to, I, I can smoke them whenever I want. As long as I'm outside, she doesn't let it happen in the house for some reason, but, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at at this point.
0: Had you smoked anything else prior to the pipe or
2: never cigarettes, but um, I've been smoking uh, cigars for probably, I don't know, 10 15 years on on an occasional basis. I'm I've never been a an everyday smoker, but um, you know, I've got a nice humidor and I've got it filled with cigars and um I probably smoke, I don't know, maybe 15 cigars, maybe a month on a, on a heavy
0: month. So it's not, that's not even a daily routine for you.
2: No, it really isn't. But I have to say, I I enjoy the, the pipe smoking experience more than I I enjoy uh, cigars. I mean, I like them both, but you know, I, I just like the ritual of the, the pipe and, you know, the preparation and the whole thing and the fact that, uh, you kind of have to slow down and just enjoy it.
0: That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Christmas with Steve and maybe uh, maybe how uh, pipe smoking has influenced his, uh, uh, his daily Bible reading and more. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
3: Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby.
0: You're back on the pipes magazine radio show christmas week of 2020 visiting with steve webb and if you want to learn more about steve the website is steve webb webb.net and there's i mean there, there's a bunch of stuff you've been uh you've been busy over the years i
2: have been i'm always busy
0: <laughs> idle hands um so so first of all with you with with you being well read of the Bible and still at the same time enjoying tobacco there you don't see any problem with being a uh, with enjoying tobacco and being a person of faith.
2: I don't. I've never seen anything in the Bible and like I said I've been through it several times it said thou shalt not smoke tobacco.
0: <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> so so and you've been through it five or six times. Um, at least. Yeah. So let's talk about this and I, and for those listening you're going to have to excuse me cuz this is going to be somewhat self-centered. Um but obviously in Hebrew school they didn't teach us much about Christmas. Right. Uh you know, kind of skipped over that part or didn't get to that part yet, however you want to yep. look at it. Uh, can you give us just the You know, the Christmas 101, the beginning and the reason and, and what, what Christmas is really about besides, you know, eggnog and uh, snowballs and candy canes. Sure. Well, for Christians,
2: Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, who we believe is the Messiah, the savior of the world. We believe that Jesus is both God and man. And that his birth was prophesied long before he was even born. The Old Testament book of Isaiah Mm -hmm. says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And the word Emmanuel, by the way, means God with us. And so... The reason for the exchanging of gifts, I believe, is that God is, God the Father gave the first Christmas gift, the gift of his son, Jesus, to the world, so that we might be able to have forgiveness of our sins, and thus a real and intimate relationship with God. And that relationship is made possible because Jesus lived a completely sinless life and became the sacrifice for our sins when he died on the cross, and then rose again three days later, proving his power over sin and death. And by the way, over 5,000 eyewitnesses saw him in the days after his resurrection. So Jesus' gift to us is forgiveness of sin if we accept that gift. And his gift is available to anyone who will accept it, whether it's on Christmas or any other day. So there's a 101 for you.
0: So, but, and so in reality, what is, what has happened now on, well, I don't even know if I want to go that far that fast yet, but so accepting Jesus means that, let me ask you the, let me ask it to tell you this way, uh, you accept Jesus that wipes out all your sins, but then if you continue to sin, how long do you go back and forth before you're like, um, no, I'm sorry, we can't wipe out anymore. You're, you've exceeded your maximum limit of wipeouts.
2: Well, actually, we don't think that you can exceed that. One time, uh, one of the disciples said to Jesus, how many times do we have to forgive that guy that keeps sinning against us? And the answer was 70 times 7, which not doesn't literally mean 490 times, Jesus was saying, you keep forgiving. And God does the same thing. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for my sins past, present and future. Now that doesn't give me license to sin because if I love him, if I have a relationship with him, I'm not gonna sin on purpose. It's like, um, I love my wife and I would never dream of doing anything that would hurt her, that would cause her to be unhappy. And it's the same thing when I sin against God. I, I don't. I do it because I still happen to have this flesh that is weak. But when I become aware of my sin, I ask Him to forgive me, and He does. He promises that He will. Jesus said, "If uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us."
0: And then you also said something that really piqued my interest. So the the idea of gift giving is us giving a piece of ourselves to others as, as, as God did with Jesus and giving his one son to humanity.
2: Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah,
0: he, he gave a,
2: a very expensive gift. His, his son, it cost him everything. It cost him his life. Um, he gave to us because he loved us. And so we give to our friends and family and neighbors because we love them. Sure, it's, it is getting a piece of us, isn't
0: it? So this is where the difference for me comes down between Hanukkah and Christmas, where the Hanukkah tradition was a gift on each night to the children and was not the full-blown exchange of gifts amongst others and back and forth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So... Uh, how does, uh, where, where do we get, uh, the Santa Claus and the, and the St. Nicholas figure and how do do you have any idea how all the other stories like Rudolph and all that come along?
2: Oh, those are just fun little children's stories. There actually was a Saint Nicholas who actually did give gifts to, I think it was underprivileged kids. I don't remember the the, the whole story of Saint Nicholas. Um, there's a friend of mine uh, over in England who has a, a website. I think it's probably the most uh, popular Christmas website on the internet, and it's called WhyChristmas.com. It's W H Y WhyChristmas.com, and he's got all of that history on there and uh, if, if you're interested in that that would be a good place to go
0: yeah so what is your tradition for christmas is it a christmas eve gift exchange or is it is it christmas eve or christmas morning
2: well in in our family i i married into a really big family. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. That's kind of what it was when I married my wife. She comes from a family of, of five kids, and all of those kids have now been married and had kids, and those kids have had kids. And so my my uh, mother-in-law has like, I don't know, 50 uh, kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. But oh, so wow. it's a big family. <laughs> and so the tradition in, in that family is Christmas Eve, we go to mom's house. And everybody gathers there, and we have a big dinner, and everybody exchanges gifts, and that's how we do it with the extended family. But on Christmas morning, of course, my kids are moved out of the house now, but we like to have them over to our house on Christmas morning with uh, the grandkids and things like that. But um, people are busy these days, and it's hard, hard to get everybody together.
0: So now I gotta uh, ask, I gotta ask you on Christmas Eve with the fifty people showing up, are you buying one gift for each one of them, or did you guys come up with a round robin uh, lottery thing or something?
2: Yeah, we came up with a lottery thing okay. many years ago. Uh, as far as buy, we, I, we only buy for our own kids. Each family buys for their own kids. Uh, the 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 brothers and sisters draw from a hat uh, like at Thanksgiving dinner and then they decide from that name drawing who they're gonna buy for, which one of the other siblings they're gonna buy for. So um, even though there's a lot of gifts going around, there's not a lot of gifts to a lot of people. you know, usually you get one or two gifts for the night and you know call it good.
0: Now for Steve's relatives that are listening, is there uh, is there a particular pipe or tobacco that uh, would be nice if it showed up on your uh, in your Christmas stocking?
2: You know, last year my wife got me one of the uh, Savinelli uh, Christmas pipes. So, if somebody wants to buy me, you know, this year's Savinelli Christmas pipe, that would be okay with me. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about pipe smoking, let's go back to that for a minute. So, when is uh, what what prompts you to to go outside and sit down with the pipe? Is that a uh, is it an after the after the day is over thing or?
2: Yes, it usually is. Um, I've got to get all of the things done that I've got to get done that day before I allow myself to take that time. So I do voiceovers. So all of my voiceover gigs have to be done for the day. I've got to have my podcast out for the day. I've got to have the dishes washed and, you know, things like that. All the the honeydews that uh, my wife always seems to have for me. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's nice to go out either by the pool or the, in the front of the house. We've got a nice fire pit where I'll sit and have a pipe and wave at the neighbors as they walk by. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a reward for a job. Well done type thing.
0: Uh, have you, are you experimenting around the different styles of tobaccos?
2: You know, I've got, um, like I said, 15 or 16 right now, I've been enjoying the, the latest, uh, Kringle flake for 2020, uh, yeah. I enjoy that. I really haven't picked a, a favorite at this point. I've got, uh, aromatics, I've got Englishes, I've got vapors. Um, I, I kind of like them all.
0: So you're, so you're able to just enjoy whatever the mood strikes you.
2: I am. Uh, if there's a, I look in, when I look in my tobacco collection, if there's one that I haven't smoked in a while, I'll grab that one. Um, now it, only being a little over a year into it, I don't have a real sophisticated palate when it comes to uh, picking out all the flavors that uh, you experts say you uh, <laughs> you could detect. But uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out how you can uh, uh, differentiate the different flavors. But for now, I'm just enjoying
0: all of them. When you figure out how to differentiate all those flavors, you let me know because all I know is if I like it or I don't.
2: Okay, that sounds like a yeah. deal. <laughs> and it makes me feel better about not being able to pick out those flavors if with you saying
1: that
0: yeah i you know i i've told people when it comes to pipe tobacco or cigars there's three kinds to me there's ones i smoke ones i won't smoke and then there's the third rare kind the ones that i will actually buy oh okay uh, and what the flavors are in them i don't know it must be really good that's <laughs> there's my answer to it
2: Okay. Well, that's always been my answer too. I like it yeah, or I don't. And I really, I don't, haven't picked up one that I said, I I don't ever want to have that again. (laughs) I have some that I don't smoke as much, but uh, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I don't like them as much as maybe this one over here.
0: Uh, So let me ask you this. Uh, If Jesus was walking the earth right now, which, uh, you know, he could be for all we know, um, Mm -hmm. would he be a pipe smoker or a cigar smoker or maybe not smoke?
2: Well, that's a good question. I don't think he would uh, look askance at somebody that is smoking. Uh, he created these things, so it's uh, quite possible that he would be a, a pipe smoker.
0: Do you think he'd have a preference of tobacco? Hmm.
2: No, I don't know that, since I don't even have a preference myself. But, uh, <laughs> no, he. it's it said of him that... Uh, uh, the religious people of the day got mad at him because he was always, uh, you know, partying with people. Uh, he knew how to good, have a good time. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that he would have a problem with uh, you or me or anybody else uh, picking up a pipe and enjoying it.
0: Well, if he could turn water into wine, couldn't he take like the salad that was served at dinner and turn it into a fine Virginia?
2: I'll bet he would do that, Brian. I hadn't thought of that. I'm sure that's what would happen
0: that would yeah you know fine you know a good virginia with a little vapor and a little holy spirit on it and yeah. i'm i'm playing with your religion and i apologize but i but i like to think these ideas through
2: that's that's fine i don't mind
0: <laughs> that's fun uh, and, and all throughout i mean i know a lot of the great theologians of the past are pipes were pipe smokers and some of the you know some of the greatest uh, some of the greatest religious writers of the past were all pipe smokers. So,
2: Yes, and Charles Spurgeon, one of the uh, the greatest preachers of all time, was a cigar smoker. And he uh, often said that at the end of the day, he liked to enjoy a good cigar to the glory of God.
0: See, there you go. And I, yep. and, and I think over the years of doing the Pipes Magazine radio show, I have noticed that there is a, I, I think there's a higher percentage population of people of faith amongst pipe smokers than of the general population.
2: Really? That's interesting. That'd be a fun survey, wouldn't it?
0: I've had all kinds of uh, Catholic, I've had a Catholic priest, Baptist ministers, Protestants, rabbis, a Buddhist monk. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think it just leans towards the fact that oftentimes pipe smokers, um, me excluded, are people that are higher thinkers.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm not I'm not surprised at that um, because you smoking a pipe when you're sitting down studying just kind of goes hand in hand, and uh, you religious thinkers, you know, spend a lot of time studying and forming thoughts and thinking about how they're going to present a sermon or whatever. So that makes complete sense to me.
0: I I know a few that uh, can't really write their sermons without their pipe with them puffing on it. There you go. Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm sure that's true.
0: And, and so as a new pipe smoker, you know, just coming up on your one year anniversary here um, is the, is there something that draws you to the pipes that you end up buying? Something specific about them?
2: Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the Savinelli that I asked my wife to buy last year is uh, one of their, their bent uh, varieties. And mm-hmm. I've got, I, I would say that in the seven pipes that I have, which isn't a lot, admittedly, um, I think it's four that are bent and three that are straight. Um, so I, I guess I lean lean more to the bent variety, but other than that, I mean I'm I'm not sophisticated at all when it comes to shapes. Um, I, I don't even know what most of them are called. I know a bulldog, I know a billiard, but that's about all.
0: <laughs> well, you've got you you've got a wonderful section of your uh, of your life that is uh, uh, proper Bible pronunciations or pro- proper Bible name pronunciations. Um, yep. Maybe one day down the road, you could do a proper pronunciation of terms for pipes and, and pipe tobaccos. And that would, that'd be a whole nother website for you.
2: Well, I'll I'll do that. And I'll tell you what, you'll be the first reference I call to get some of these uh, pronunciations, right?
0: And hopefully I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sounds good. So currently, what is your favorite pipe? Well, that
2: would have to be the first pipe that I bought in that antique shop that, you know,
0: year and few months ago.
2: It's a little Mearsham billiard, I believe. And uh, it's it's a nice little pipe.
0: And what is your favorite tobacco?
2: Well, as I mentioned, right now, I'm kind of enjoying the Kringle Flake from 2020, um, even though I have to relight it quite often. Yep. Uh, I, I really don't have a favorite. I, I just kind of pick whatever hits my fancy for the day.
0: What is your favorite drink?
2: Well, that depends on the time of day. First thing <laughs> in the morning, uh, nothing beats that first cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, midday, when I'm doing voiceover work, it's got to be water. That, that's kind of the best for keeping the mouth and
0: the throat lubed.
2: Yep. And at the end of the day, I like an old fashioned made out of a uh,
0: good bourbon. Wow. All right. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
2: Well, for me, I really like old movies. I've got about a 1,000 or so old movies uh, that I've recorded from the Turner Classic Movies uh, on my YouTube TV account. So when I want to watch an old Bogart or Jimmy Cagney or whatever, I can do that. So for me, it's, it's old movies.
0: And there's a lot of good smoking in those old movies, too. Yeah, I noticed that. And then finally, I know it's only been a year or so, but do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about?
2: Well, I do. Um, This past November, uh, Thanksgiving week, my son and daughter-in-law visited us from their new home in Florida. And one of the last nights that they were here, my son and I sat by my fire pit for probably two hours talking and smoking some of this Kringle Flake I was mentioning and uh, sipping on a nice Russell's reserve, single barrel, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. That was a great time. And so far, I think that's my favorite pipe smoking memory.
0: Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Steve, yeah. thank you very much for tolerating me through this. Thank you for coming on and do it. And uh Merry Christmas to you and your family.
2: Thank you. Same to you, Brian. It's been a, a lot of fun and, and it's, it's been a, a joy, a privilege. I, I appreciate your asking me on the show.
0: Uh, you're welcome and we'll be back in just a minute being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over
3: 20 years we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at cornell deal from the seller series to the small batch project we're extremely proud of how far we've come so moving forward we wanted to take it back to basics and that's what the burly Flake series is all about Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at c as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series wherever fine tobaccos are sold.
0: This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Do check out everything Steve is doing. Man, he is busy. I wish I had his energy or his drive. Um, Also, uh, if you're not already familiar with it, the SmokingPipes.com daily reader, kind of their blog and social media stuff uh, Chuck Stanion just did a whole write-up on the history of Santa Claus, the pipe smoker, so you can go and read that, too. All right, for music, first song is uh, one that Steve suggested to me, and it's called uh, This Christmas, and it's from a guy named Brian Duncan and the Neho, E H O soul and brian spells his name incorrectly it's b-r-y-a-n but uh it's a fun song it's really nice so that's the first one coming up now
4: Let the squad Christmas ties are gone And treasure's here no longer
0: The album is called A Neho, N E H O Soul Christmas, and that's Brian Duncan. And for our next song, it is from uh, Tim from the uh, Fredericksburg Pipe Society. Uh, Sent this one in, and it's Phil Driscoll, trumpet player, and it's from his album, The Spirit of Christmas, and it's called A Star Is Born.
5: Follow the star, and they give him their hearts and their dreams. Cause he's coming on strong. I came today They call him the son of man Cause a star was born In Bethlehem He was destined to change the world Boy, he's coming on strong He's still coming on strong
0: got kind of a uh, Steve Winwood feel out of that Eh, maybe it's just me but really liked it thanks to uh, both for sending those in Mm
1: -hmm. message from the dark side there is
0: and let's just say I'm not happy with the way the Mandalorian uh, the the second season ended and we'll uh, we'll just leave it at that if you haven't seen it I'm not happy with the way it ended all right going back to last week's show with my uh Saturday Zoom Pipe Club guys. Uh, Dino says, that was fun. I'm sorry I left the Zoom early. What a great bunch of people. I think that this is probably one of the few upsides of the pandemic lockdown. Uh, This virtual Pipe Club meeting with people who you might get to see for only a brief time at the various pipe shows during a normal year has become a highlight of our weekends. It's brothers and sisters of the briar, Silver Gray and Mary McNeil often join in. Talking pipes, tobacco, and a a wide range of other stuff and often utter bullshit. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed um, Mark Rubin and the Panorama Jazz Band. Phil Kagey, as always, was terrific. I don't have to worry about my socks. My wife turns them inside out often with me still in them. Dino. Um, Dino, I've met you, and if your wife turns your socks inside out while you're still in them, she's pretty darn strong. Um, and then uh, Craig says, I was sorry you left early too, Dino. I think Brian didn't give us a heads up for fear we'd all leave. I'm sure you would have had some great stuff to add, Dino. It was really quite fun to have the Zoom moderated for 40 minutes. I probably w- won't be there this week as our family Christmas celebration starts at 2 30 Central. Although last week the meeting didn't actually end until past 10 p.m. Wow. Uh, after i had left the meeting for dinner i had left my laptop plugged in in the garage so that i didn't have to transfer the host role to anyone else so i padded into the garage and my pjs just before bedtime to bring it inside knowing the meeting would be over nope four or five guys still chatting away so there you go uh trout times writes excellent show this was most enjoyable getting to see more of these guys personalities was most interesting This would be a great pipe club to be a part of. I would love to hear more of their discussions about tobacco pipes, the culture, etc. Thank you for allowing us to step into this group for a few minutes. I would point out that with all this uh, fine year has brought most of us, any day we wake up and get to light up is a special time for celebration. Bring out those pipes and tobacco. Don't wait. We can't imagine how challenging 2021 will be. And I will just say amen to that uh ira the writing rabbi says this week's show was terrific i'd be happy to hear this group ramble on any time also enjoyed the music never heard that hanukkah song and i've heard plenty and i think that i think it is right up there with the best actually doesn't take much (laughs) Uh, that's what he said not me uh the silent night rendition was also impressive Going back to last week, I wanted to thank you for taking my question to Jeff Graysick. I'm still wondering if there is a verifiable amount of time that the average briar pipe dries out. Just one of the mysteries of pipe smoking, I guess. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say I think it varies by pipe, too. Um, Ira also said, P.S. I had the same experience as Fred with Rustica, but was lucky enough to stop smoking it before it hit that point of no return. <laughs> And then casey ghost says the show is extremely good i enjoyed the pipe art segment though i don't have any pipes that i that consider as occasion pipes i know or know of most of the people you interviewed they are one, a wonderful group of guys i can understand about fred's reaction to hh rustica my stomach got a little queasy on the last fourth of the bowl set it aside until my stomach calmed down after that, I didn't try any unless I had a full stomach, and then I was okay. <laughs> I have a habit of not saying much at pipe shows, so most of the guys wouldn't know me. Uh, music was okay, but nothing special. Uh, yeah, a lot of really uh, positive comments, and thank you all for all the uh, comments, questions, emails, and statements of uh, of uh, Fred Hanna's um, uh, misgivings were enjoyed by all. So. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, uh, again, comments, questions, post them at the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com or email them to me directly, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. And I've got a couple here, one from Jonathan uh, that says, Hello, Brian. First off, happy holidays. Hope you and your family are doing well. I apologize if this has been covered before. I've fallen a bit behind on episodes lately lately but can you discuss or clarify the design element of the teardrop shank I've seen it referenced in pipe descriptions and by pipe makers but I'm still unclear on exactly what it is it is is it simply a the straight line break between the two convex curves or a shape similar to a horn or Zulu shape or is it something about the bend in the shank well I'll tell you I'll tell you two things about it one I don't like it because it makes it hard to put it into a uh, traditional pipe bag but what it is is when you look at the stem uh, when you look at the shank from the stem there's a round side and then it comes to a point on the other side so it kind of makes a teardrop shape but it usually goes from left to right or right to left depending on which way the uh, pipe maker made the teardrop but i will save that for a future ask the pipe maker question because uh Jeff will have an answer for it. I, I, I guarantee you Jeff will. Um, and, then, and I'm still getting caught up on, ask the, uh, on uh, comments and emails. So if you haven't heard yours, I promise I have it. Or you can email it to me again, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I'll get caught up. I promise. I promise. All right. In just a moment, a, um, you know, a holiday message. No rant music, just a holiday message.
3: I will
0: end this episode with a reminder that we have all had a, uh, we've all had a rough nine months, 10 months, eight months, just depending on where you live, uh, between the pandemic and then here in the United States, the political climate, uh, this has been a less than stellar uh, past time we have not been able to enjoy a lot of things that, that we look forward to for me pipe shows uh, for one and I just want to remind you that this too will pass will come out of this uh, some have suffered more than others but we will all somehow get through this and to the other side of it and so I want to leave you with a song that I think we've played on several Christmases but uh this is just the feeling that we need to have going into the new year and a feeling that you know just just keep this in mind as we uh as we end this year and we spend this time in this holiday season that uh, may not be exactly the traditional holiday season that we want. So from me and Kevin, we wish you a merriest Christmas possible. And here's to uh, many better years to come.